Welcome to the Boss Ladies Podcast. I'm Olivia Wary, and as a young female working in the industry of technology, I'm constantly struggling to find my voice and overcome challenges thrown my way. I've decided to have conversations with boss ladies in every industry to hear how they do it. Boss Ladies is intended to inspire women and men of all ages to overcome their fears, explore moonshot thinking, speak up for who they are and what they believe in, and move up in their respective industries. Every day we are faced with challenges, so it is my intention to empower you to get the advice you need by interviewing top executives who have been through it all. On today's episode of Boss Ladies, please welcome Amanda O'Donnell. Amanda is a finance and operations expert who helps innovative and high-growth organizations build capacity to scale and to significantly increase impact. She is passionate about empowering women and girls in leadership, bridging digital divides, and increasing diversity in our democratic systems. Amanda is thrilled to have joined Vote Run Lead in 2017 as the organization's first chief operations officer. Vote Run Lead is a national organization leveraging technology and training to accelerate the number of women in civic and political leadership. Prior to Vote Run Lead, Amanda built over a decade of experience in the technology sector as a founding member, CFO, and partner at Control Group, where she developed financial and operational strategies that enabled a transformation from startup to industry leader to M&A and as SVP of Finance at Intersection, a Sidewalk Labs company committed to improving the urban experience and the team leading Link NYC. Throughout her time in the industry, Amanda has been a leader of women in technology initiatives. Amanda graduated summa cum laude from the University of Massachusetts with a degree in environmental science and earned her MPA from NYU Wagner. She has been a board member of Mouse, a national youth development nonprofit, since 2015. She's also a proud mom of two native New Yorkers. Welcome today, Amanda. We're so excited to have you. So why don't you start by just telling me a little bit about yourself and and how you got to where you are right now? Sure. So Olivia, first, I also just want to say thank you so much for having me and inviting me to be on a podcast called Boss Ladies. I love it. I love what you're doing. I'm um, super excited that, that I'm able, you know, able to join and be a part of your project. Thank you so much. So yeah, a little bit about myself. I am the Chief Operating Officer of Vote Run Lead. We are a national, nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that trains women to run for office and win, which I love every day. I love my job. And awesome. Yeah. um, I guess a little background on me. I, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut wound up going to school actually out in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in part because it was far away from Connecticut, both <laughs> geographically and culturally. It was, you know, a time in my life where, where I wanted to explore new things. So got to spend a couple of years out in New Mexico, which was a really great experience. And came back, I wound up doing my degree at UMass Amherst, actually in environmental science. From there, had met my husband out in New Mexico, and we started our family fairly young. So I um, had my son when I was a senior in college, and really thanks to the like just a really great support network of friends and family and a really great partner, I was able to stay in school, finish school, and um, soon after graduating, I moved with my family to New York City. And not too long after that, uh, my husband and I 
along with a couple of partners, uh, started a business. That business, we was a technology company called Control Group, and we we grew it over the course of about a decade or more. Um, so we started with the four of us, and you know, survived the recession, and uh, had a lot of fun uh, in, in growing the business in New York City, <laughs> and you know, while raising a family, which was also a, a challenge. And, uh, you know, but I was very lucky to, to have a flexible schedule and, and be able to, to both, you know, raise my kids, um, and be, spend a lot of time with my kids as well as, um, be a part of growing the business. In 2015, um, we had grown the business from, from the four of us to a company of about 130 people. And we were the technology partner on, um, the winning bid for the Link NYC project, which is the project that is, as you know, Olivia, uh, <laughs> transforming all of the payphones, all of the payphones in New York City into free, super fast uh, Wi-Fi kiosks. So really groundbreaking, innovative public partnership. Um, just amazing to be a part of that team and that project. About two years after that, we were lucky enough to go through a merger and acquisition with Google's Sidewalk Labs, um, and that led to the creation of uh, the company that is now Intersection. And I am definitely grateful for that <laughs> entire story, as I now an employee at Intersection. And we had Jen Hensley as our first episode, and she is currently the president of Link. So awesome. um, it all kind of ties back together. <laughs> Very cool. But I want to hear a little bit more about what you're currently doing at Vote Run Lead. So can you tell us what your day to day is like? As the COO? Yes, sure. I'd be happy to. Yeah, so it was a really interesting transition to go from, you know, CFO and partner of a technology company of over 100 people to a, a nonprofit organization. We're about 10 full-time staff at Vote Run Lead right now, so very different size, although we do have about 100 trainers all across the country that work with us. So, so Vote Run Lead is, well, I have to, so one of the things I have to tell you is that I love about Vote Run Lead is the organization itself has been around since 2005. So it was originally a program under a, another nonprofit organization called the White House Project that was started by Marie Wilson, which was a cross-sector women's leadership organization. And in 2014, it spun off as its own entity. So the, the women who have been doing this, doing the training and sort of building the, this curriculum to train women to run for office have been doing it for, for, for a really long time and just have this amazing like collective experience. And so that was one of the things that really, that really drew me to the organization. And, and when I was lucky enough to get introduced to the CEO, Aaron Velarde in um, early 2017, so it was, you know, just after the Women's March and, and the election of 2016, and a lot was happening in terms of women really starting to, you know, stepping up in, in significantly bigger numbers than they had before to, to run for office. Aaron said, you know, I've got, I've, I've got this amazing program, I have this amazing curriculum, and and I'm ready to scale it. I need to. I need to get it out to you know these millions of of women that are now that are now saying, "Hey, I, I want to run for office." And so, with my background in in scaling the technology company, I you know basically said, "How how fast can I get on board and and start?" And so, 
it's just been kind of a wild ride since then over the last two years. You know, every day to from a from a sort of day to day perspective, it often really does feel like a startup organization where you know we're growing fast, we're kind of rolling up our sleeves and doing whatever needs to be done. You know, one day might be strategic planning session with our board and our our leadership team. Another day, you know, literally the other day, I, I learned how to upload videos onto YouTube so that, <laughs> you know, so we can start to launch our YouTube channel. And then, you know, a lot of times I'm working on fundraising pitches. And so it's really exciting. It's fun. It's kind of all the challenges from an organization perspective that, uh, that working in something like a startup brings. How many women do you currently have in your organization running for office? We had, so um, in the 2018 cycle, we had over 200 of our alums were running for office. Wow. Yeah. And altogether, we have a database of, of over 20,000 alums who are all either planning to run, you know, often either planning to run or helping, planning to help another woman run or, um, or have run. Uh, so it's a pretty amazing network of women and it's, it's, um, it's women who are running from every, you know, everything from, from us Congress. So we actually have two, two alums currently who are in the, uh, who are in this Congress to, uh, women who are running for local school boards and city councils and mayors of cities and small towns. And so it's really, um, a lot of state and local races and and some really um, really interesting races where women are having an impact at you know in their local communities. I think that's unbelievable, and it's truly you know we have it's the perfect climate for di- having more diverse candidates. So I think it's really amazing what you're doing. Absolutely. Can you tell us? Can you tell us a little bit more about what the train like the training process is like for women who are interested in running for political office? Sure. Yes. So, you know, there are, there are quite a few different sort of programs out there. I think what, what is somewhat unique about Vote Run Lead is we have some really great training on just the basic skills of running for office. So some of the real tactical things like how to build a campaign finance plan or how to think about putting together your campaign team. So kind of the ABCs of running for office. But the other part of the curriculum is, um, is something called what what we actually call our curriculum is run as you are. And it's really about helping women who are running or thinking about running find, really find their why for why they're running, helping them to really craft the message around an authentic purpose-driven campaign. And what we see when we, when we bring that, that training is that specifically for women, it just, you know, it resonates and it really makes for these amazing, strong campaigns where women are stepping into leadership as their full, authentic selves, as opposed to, you know, I think what women have been ta- taught a- often in the past was try to be like the next best male candidate. You know, can you sort of try to replicate that campaign, except, you know, put some some pearls and some heels on? And we're really breaking that mold and saying, you know, that's that, that no longer applies to, to what we're seeing as far as, as far as women running and, and, and really what we need as far as a a leadership model going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to hear sort of 
Like, what do you think is the most difficult part about being a woman running for office right now? And, you know, how is our current climate affecting that? Sure. Yeah. I I think, you know, unfortunately, women are still facing a lot of the same barriers on the campaign trail that they did 20 years ago. So it's, you know, I mean, it's, to me, it was shocking. It's, I'm sure, would, I would think it's probably shocking to you too. But the fact is women who are campaigning still get questions like, how are you going to be able to manage a campaign and still take care of your kids? Um, or, oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, I, I think <laughs> a lot of times it's like, we think we've come really far. <laughs> um, we still have a long way to go as far as, you know, people's attitudes. And I think, you know, a lot of that, is due to the fact that you look at you look at our representative government and, and you know women still are at around the 20% mark as far as as far as representation so we just don't see the role models or you know the examples of women in leadership that that we need to 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 really start or to really break down those stereotypes kind of finally I mean we're obviously making a lot of progress but there's still some to go so i think you know, women are still held to different standards. I mean, we definitely see that all the time with the presidential candidates, the women who are running now for president. They're just a different set of standards. And we really got to just, you know, we, we think at Vote Run Lead that part of what we're doing by seeing more women run, honestly, even if they don't win, but just seeing more women run is a way that we really start to break down those sort of cultural barriers and biases there's a great campaign right now that I want to mention called CheckYourBiasAmerica.com that was put up by this group called The Collective Agency that does really great work around um, uh, organizing women in, in media to help, to help women running. It's just a really great reminder of the way historically as a, as a culture we tend to use language and, and use different standards for women um, in leadership positions. So what do you think men can be doing to be better allies for women running and running for office? If that's a really great question. And, you know, it's interesting. We do um, have men come to our trainings often. It's, a, you know, of course, it's majority women, but we have had men come a, a lot of times men who are campaign managers um, and maybe managing a campaign for a woman will come and take a training, which is great. We love it. I think, you know, in addition to, um, I have to say, donating time and money because all candidates need time and money and men have those things as well as women. You know, I think men can be mentors, of course. I really think there that that men can do I think can do a better job doing intentional succession planning. So I think, you know, I think this applies across the board not just to politics, but if if you're a man who is in a leadership position, you know, really think about who are you, who are you cultivating, who are you mentoring, and who are you not just mentoring, but really, um, you know, laying the groundwork in your organization to bring up behind you. And, and you know, can you intentionally try to look for, for someone uh, who is either, you know, who is a woman or who is, um, who adds some diversity and different perspectives to your leadership organization. Yeah, absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like to me there's like a couple different paths to sort of getting interested in this. You know, one is sort of you you're born and you're like, "I want to run for office. That's it. I'm going <laughs> to do it." And another is you see 
you see something and you want to change it and you want your voice to become even more powerful and to have more of an impact. So what advice do you have for for young women, older women, all women sort of interested in running for office maybe later on in their careers or soon? And what can they do to start preparing? Yes. Well, I so first of all, I love what you said about the passion, you know, finding something you're passionate about and wanting to change that. Because I think what's really interesting is, and there's there's some really interesting data around this, is um, we actually see that when you survey um, women who, who are running for office or who have run for office, and you survey men around why they are running, more often than not, women will answer that they're running because they want to change a certain issue or something happened in their community and you know they they saw it as a problem that they wanted to solve and it was really important to them and compared to men they you know and this is just the, I promise there is data out there around <laughs> this oftentimes men will say it's because someone asked me to run or because it's part of my career path um, and so I just you know I think it's really interesting again you know I think it's why we need more women in leadership um you know, women are often running because it's not about them. It's about contributing to their community in, in a really concrete way. So to answer your question, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we often tell women who are thinking about running or, you know, even think maybe five, 10 years down the road, maybe I want to run, being fluent in the issues in your community is like the number one um, criteria we think for 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 running for office. If you're fluent in the issues in your community, you you don't need a law degree. You don't need you know a fancy campaign suit. You don't you know you don't need media training. You can speak passionately passionately about those issues, um, and you can run and win. So that's really I think at the core of a lot of our trainings. Um, in addition to that, I would say, you know, if you have any inkling at all that you might want to run, you definitely should volunteer on a campaign. It's really easy to do. Campaigns are, are always looking, you know, for help, uh, especially small ones. And it's just a great way to, you know, see what happens on the ground and, you know, and get a get a very quick idea if this is something that you love and you're passionate about or if you're like, oh, my God, this is not for me. I'm going to try and contribute, in, you know, in some other way. Another thing you can do, and, and I think a lot of a lot of people don't realize this, but you know our local elected officials work for us, and they're available. You know they are. Or sometimes it takes a, a little perseverance, but you know you can get a meeting with your with your local elected official, and that's a great way to you know just to get into an office and and sort of check it out. So in addition to that, we actually Vote Run Lead has something called the ninety day challenge, which um, although it really is sort of geared towards women who are who are um, ready to kind of kickstart their cam- their campaign. It's thirty actions that you can do, and if you take a look at that, it's on our web, it's available on our website for free. You know, there are a number of things uh, in that plan that that you might find interesting. So some of them, for example, are you know volunteering for for a local nonprofit on an issue that you care about, or donating to an issue campaign. Uh, so that's a that's another just great place to to take a look. You can have your pick of a list of thirty different things to try. If you send me a link to that, I can include it in the episode description. 
Um, okay. Yeah. So I really liked what you said about, you know, sort of being fluent in the issues in your community. And I think that that's also really important for voters so that they're voting confidently, because I think, you know, the information is out there. It's just taking the time to really learn and, and embrace everything that is going on and, and use your vote to make an impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's hard work. You know, it's not, you do, you do have to put the, put the time and effort and and work in, in order to, um, you know, to do the research and, and talk to people. You know, a lot of it is just talking to people, I think, especially in small communities. Absolutely. So I, I mean, politics especially feels like a very male dominated space. You know, I'm curious for you, you've had this awesome background in, in working at a tech company and now at Vote Run Lead. What strategies have you used throughout your career to navigate what often feels like a male-dominated world? Yeah, so at, at Vote Run or at, uh, at Control Group um, and then Intersection, I was definitely in the in a significant minority as far as being a female. So I was, um, I was one of I was the only female partner out of eight partners. Wow. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was an experience. And, you know, often as a result, I, you know, board meetings and, and a lot of our meetings, I was either either the only woman in the room or, or one of only a few. And I think, you know, when I look back on that, it was, I, I definitely learned a lot. I think one of the things that it took me a, a while to learn and I, you know, would, and I definitely try to pass this along as often as I can is that it's really important when you're in that situation to remember that you as a woman are bringing a unique perspective. And, you know, and this goes for anyone who's bringing any kind of unique perspective, I think, to, you know, a, a room that looks sort of like homogenous otherwise, I think it's very easy, you know, when you're in that situation to sort of say, oh, how am I stacking up against the person next to me? Or, you know, or, oh, I see this, you know, there's, there's this person succeeding. Let me try to be like that person because I see that that, you know, that style or that perspective is valued. And it's actually really important and it's hard to sort of take a step back and remember that a different perspective is incredibly valuable, right? Especially in like a, a, in the tech industry where, you know, we're trying to innovate, but in politics too. I mean, politics can, can always use innovation, probably more so now than ever. And, you know, I think that's a way to, you know, for, for women, like not only to build confidence, but really to remember that it's not necessarily a winning strategy to, to be comparing yourself within that system. And, and we also have to remember that a lot of times those systems that we are working in, those organizations or, or those systems were built by men for men. Um, and that's just, you know, because corporations, corporate America has, you know, that's, that's the history of corporate America, um, or that's the history of, of our government. So we are, you know, breaking down those barriers, but for the meantime, you know, we're, we're in those systems. And so uh, those systems often were not built for you as a woman to succeed. So instead of trying to constantly measure ourselves within that system, we have to kind of step outside and say, wait a minute, like, what's the unique value that I'm bringing with a different perspective and a different life experience, and then really value it, you know, really, even even if nobody else does, which is really hard. But you know, that's another place where I think we we talk a lot in women's leadership 
circles about about finding allies, finding female allies, and really supporting each other. And that's a place that that we can do that as well as by pointing out the value and the unique perspective that women bring in into environments like that. So in addition to allyship, we often like to talk about mentorship on this podcast. And I, I'm interested to hear who your mentors have been and what advice they've given you that you would want to pass on to others who might be facing any challenges that you've sort of already overcome within your career. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, of course, you know, I've had a ton of, a ton of great mentors. I think embracing mentors is, is good advice. You know, just, of course we can't do any of this on our own. I definitely, you know, when I think about the the first person that pops into my head when you say the word mentor is a, um, a professor that I had at, at NYU and um, in grad school. And honestly, the, the one of the best things that she did for me was just, just believe in me. You know, she just basically said, I know you can do this thing that's hard. And coming from, from her, it meant so much that I think, I, you know, I was able to sort of to muster enough courage to, to go and tackle some real challenges. I think, you know, in addition to that, I think I've had mentors that have really encouraged me to, to get out and network and meet new people. I think that's really important. Again, it's not always easy, but, you know, you never know when someone you meet is going to be able to introduce you to someone else. And, you know, we make such great connections. And I do, you know, again, I think that I think women are really great at supporting each other and, you know, introducing each other. Uh, we we mentioned before jumping on the, before starting recording that our friend Pam connected us. You know, there are always doors that, that sort of can be opened and just being open to that um, is great advice that mentors have given me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of my favorite things, to be honest, about this podcast is I get to get introdu- introduced to awesome women like yourself. So great. boss ladies, if you will. <laughs> um <laughs> It's been shown time and time again that women don't brag about themselves enough. So, you know, I'm curious to hear what you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments. Yes. Um, and, you know, when you, as you're saying that, I'm saying there, there's a, I, I will, I'll send it, I'll look it up and send it to you after because there's a, um, there's a great blog that somebody I know does that, that is like how to brag better. That's specifically for, no for way. Audiences. Yeah, I love it. I love that. So just to that point, I will, I will find that link and send it to you. One of my greatest accomplishments, I mean, you know, I'm tempted to say my, like my kids or my, you know, my family are building the business, but I think, you know, honestly building uh, my team was one of my greatest accomplishments. So when I was at control group, I built a finance team and, you know, as the company of course started out with just me and then as the company grew, we added people and, um, you know, that's, that's really, it's really hard to, um, to, to not just build a team, but, but manage a team. And, and when you have a team that really works together really well, and everybody's clicking and everyone's doing really great work and, and everyone's sort of lifting each other up, that is a really great feeling. And I think I was able to do that at control group. I had an awesome team. I'm lucky enough to be able to do that again at vote run lead. And I think, you know, when I, when I, get back together or hear from, from folks that I used to work with on that team. And they say, you know, sort of say back to me like, Oh, that was, that was such a great, you know, I learned so much from working in that team or uh, you know, I've, I've taken what, what we did together there and I've now applied it here and all these like, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm now, you know, adding value um, in a really unique way over here. That that feels like definitely one of my greatest accomplishments. Well, I have a feeling that after this podcast episode, a lot of people <laughs> will be learning from you. Um, so thank you so much. This was amazing. And, you know, I definitely send me those links that you referenced. And, you know, I'm excited to keep learning more about Vote Run Lead and, and hear about the amazing stories from the alum who have been through your program. Great. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I will be listening for to hear more boss ladies because I, I always have more to learn. Awesome. Check back soon for another episode of Boss Ladies.